0: Hey this morning as we do kick off this morning's message the title is I am evidence And I want to read our key verse of scripture again It says believe me when I say that I am in the father And the father is in me or at least believe on the evidence of the works of themselves we've been talking about this whole series of of csi it's been called christ scene investigation and we've gone on the scene and we've investigated different instances where christ has come in and come on the scene and does an uh, does an amazing work in people's lives and transforms lives and you've heard about miracles and you've heard about situations where christ came in and did some awesome awesome stuff and we want it to be more than just a bible story now we want it to become evidence in your life of what Christ can do and the power of Christ to operate in your life. And so, this morning, at the end of this morning's message, you're gonna have the opportunity to let God change your life, to let Him heal you, to let Him set you free, to let Him do an amazing work in your life so that you become way more than a witness that says, I saw God do something great. You become evidence that says, I was the part that God did something great in. I become the evidence. Of jesus christ here in this earth, but to quickly recap what we've talked about this whole series What is the scene the scene is the word of god the whole word of god from the beginning to the end That is god's scene. This is where all this stuff unfolds And so the scene that we're looking at is always god's word and jesus is a major part of all of god's word Not just the part where it's the new testament in the gospels But the very first prophecy in genesis chapter number three is about christ all the things that go through the through the the law part, the history part, the prophetic part, the, the poetry part of the Old Testament. Then you have the physical life of Jesus Christ in the Gospels, and then you got the epistles of the Apostle Paul, which is the application of Christ in the New Testament, and then you got the consummation of the age, which is the book of Revelation, and that's where Jesus is coming back, and the last prophecy is about Jesus. So Jesus is more than in the Bible than in the Gospels. He is the central theme of the whole Bible. He is what the whole Bible has been written for, and so God wants to reveal himself to you in an amazing way that says I didn't just give you a man I gave you all of history that led up to Christ and Christ alone And now all history is revolving around who Christ is and what he did on the cross of calvary And so the scene is god's word. What is the crime? The crime is sin crime is what happened in the the garden of eden where uh, Adam and eve began to give gave their authority over to satan himself the evil one That's where sin happened the sin of deception They were deceived and he gave over his rights to um, Well, well, actually Eve was deceived Adam was not deceived and gave over the rights of the kingdom to Satan And so that's where the sin came in. That's where the crime was committed Through the crime of deception and now where are we at here the why is the Bible written? What is the Bible written for the Bible is written and it's written because uh, it is God's word to us about redemption God wants to get us back He wants to bring us back into his his kingdom into his way of doing things into his lifestyle into his operation Into the way God does things God's whole Bible was written with a motive The motive of God is to redeem you to bring you back into fellowship with him And not just in a broken state, but he wants to do more than just talk with you and hear you pray to him. He wants to save you. He wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to fix those broken areas. He wants to deliver you from depression and oppression. He wants to set you free so you can live the lifestyle that Jesus called you to live and rapidly expand the kingdom of God so that as many people can hear the gospel as possible and get born again. And so a reminder of who we are in this It's our job as a CSI, as a Christ-seen investigator, to do more than find facts of the Bible. We can read the Bible and find facts. We can read books about the Bible and find facts. But the Bible does not say, know the facts, and the facts will set you free. The Bible says, know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Therefore, you can have a person who reads the Bible every single day of their life, but still be bound up because they never had an experience with the truth. And it is time that we as the body of Christ have more than a factual experience about Jesus We have an experience with the truth and the truth changes us and sets us free And we walk in the power of God like never before. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so this morning my heart my goal my desire is for you to experience the truth of God's Word That you do that you become more than be set free But God does such an amazing work in your life that you now become evidence of the power of God That you become the evidence you're more than just a testimony. You're more than just a witness You're more than just to give a good story of how you got born again You're here to be an evidence and a piece of God's powerful work here in this earth So as we jump into this morning's message, I want to read to you an instance where Jesus heals two men who were born blind, and uh, as you're you're turning in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9, verse number 27, I want to give you a brief overview of what's taking place in Matthew chapter number 9, and so if we're starting in verse 27, there's a lot of verses that took place before then, and it says, Jesus returns to Capernaum, so what is Capernaum, as you're looking in Matthew chapter 9, what is Capernaum, Capernaum is the city where Jesus basically based his ministry headquarters out of, he returned there several times to get rest, to reprieve, to relax, but even on his way back to Capernaum, he He ran into people who had been victimized by the enemy who have been victimized by the thief And so on his way back to Capernaum his ministry headquarters where he called several of the apostles out of this tiny city of Capernaum As he called several apostles out of there. He also did several miracles there And so in Capernaum, Jesus heals a paralytic He calls the apostle Matthew and he calls the apostle Levi. He uh, deals with the objections of John's disciples he raises the daughter, Jairus's daughter, from the dead. He heals the woman with the issue of blood. And now he's on his way back to rest, and he heals two blind men on his way to rest. And then Christ cast out a dumb spirit after that, and then he sends forth his apostles in verse 35 through 38. So even on Jesus' rest days, he's still working, amen? And he's changing lives, and he's saving souls. And so as we read this account of two blind men in Matthew chapter 9, verse 27, we're going to watch how God changes men's lives and they do more than receive a healing they become a witness to what he did but a witness that carries the power of evidence because they are now evidence and way more than just a witness Matthew nine twenty seven says and Jesus passed on from there and two blind men followed him crying out loud have mercy on a son of David and when he entered the house and everybody says Jesus never had a house he entered the house <laughs> I'm just jacking with your theology i mean read it for more than what it's worth okay i mean everybody says "Well, jesus you know poor jesus Foxes have holes and birds have nests but the son of man had no place to lay his head he went into the house (laughs) i'm just saying go study the bible for more than what it's worth um and so i'll leave it at that some of y'all i just messed up your whole (laughs) your whole theology and when he entered the house the blind men came to him and Jesus said to him, do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, yes, Lord. Everybody say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Say, yes Lord. yes, Lord. I want you to receive that this morning, that you're already going to say yes to Jesus, whatever he asks you to do today. And they said to him, yes, Lord. And he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were open. and Jesus sternly warned them, see, that you, "See see that you tell no one about this. And they went on their way, and they spread his fame throughout all the district. Now, these two men, they received a touch from Jesus. And when you receive a touch from Jesus, and he changes you from the victimized state that you're in to the healed person that you are, can I get an amen on that? You now are evidence of the work of Jesus Christ. You are evidence. You're not just a witness. So you had witnesses that said, I saw two blind men be healed, the power of God is real. (laughs) That carries some weight. But these two blind men, they went out shouting and telling everybody and the fame of Christ spread because they had more than just was a visual of what Christ did. They experienced the changing power of Christ and they became evidence of what Christ did. And Jesus said this in the last part of our key verse of scripture. He said, or at least believe on the evidence of The works themselves See God wants to make some of you evidence this morning because there are people out there who re- who literally can't believe That they can't believe Jesus ran into one of them. was called Thomas and we all call him doubting Thomas So there are people who literally can't believe until they see and so Jesus wants you to do more than testify about what he did He wants to be evidence About What he's done because he's changed you so people who see you depressed at work last week and you walk in tomorrow with the oil of joy and Gladness on your life. They can literally physically touch you and say it's the same person. There's evidence that Jesus has done something in their life Come on now say yes, Lord (laughs) Y'all got to get that this morning because God's gonna transform your life He will transform your life this morning if you will let yourself become evidence Wow about what God is wanting to do now the definition of a witness is this It's a person who sees something such as a crime actually occur The definition of a witness in a court of law is this a person who makes a statement in court About what he or she knows or has seen and it becomes a legal document And you obviously know you can go back years down the line and research and go back over those things. So let's talk about the first definition. The first definition of a witness is a person who sees something such as a crime happen. And we ought to be here in the body of Christ, in the church house of God, we ought to be flipping mad this morning that we see our own brothers and sisters across the aisle being victimized and we're a witness to it. The same people walk into church week after week depressed. And they're still depressed. And we're a witness to their depression. And yet they're still depressed. We became a witness to their depression. We've seen it. We ought to be mad that we see them week after week depressed. Come on now. We've been a, a witness to, Damon, we've been a witness to people cutting themselves. Over and over and over and over and over. Over. And we say, I'll pray for you. No, it's time we do more than pray for them. It's time that we call the power of God down and they become evidence of the healing power of Jesus Christ. It's time that we see change in the church house. It's time that we quit walking in and people, seeing people, uh, we be a witness to people who are struggling with alcoholism. It's time that we get tired of it. It's time that we get tired of the same people struggling with pornography over and over and over and over and over again. And pornography is a real issue. America is the world's number one exporter of pornography. We can heal sex slave industry all over the world, but we need to fix the pornography issue in America. Come on now, now, give me an amen on that. And we're a witness to people in bondage. We're a witness to marriages being destroyed because of it. We're a witness to marriages falling apart left and right, even in the church. And we must get tired of this at some point. If I'm a part of a religious structure that does not have the power of God in it, I'm leaving. Come on. That's good. This church will not be a religious structure that sits here and gathers on Sunday morning with no power of the gospel going forth. Amen. We will be a church that is evidence that Jesus Christ is alive, well, and he still saves, heals, delivers, and sets people free. Yes. And this morning, you are going to be a witness to people's lives being changed. Amen. Come on, everybody say amen. amen. See, I said amen. Some people are freaking out. Oh, Lord, we're going to see something crazy. I hope you see something crazy. I hope you see something crazy. I hope you see people weeping because they've been delivered of unforgiveness and marriage relationships are restored and relationships with their parents are restored and relationships with their loved ones are restored. I pray you see something crazy. Why do we want a Jesus that's not Jesus? Jesus. Jesus, wherever he went, it says the power was present to heal all. All means all. And I want you to be a part of that all, because his power is still present today. Today, many of you have been witnesses to things, to abuses, to your friends being abused, to your family being abused, to even yourself being abused, neglected, beat up, talked down to. The devil's manipulated and lied to you. And we've witnessed it. And we've let it go on. And we didn't stop it. That breaks my heart. I'm guilty. I'm guilty of it. But I'm not going to be guilty of it any longer. We will be a church that sees the authentic power of the gospel go forth. And Changes lives like never before we will be a kingdom movement church That sees evidence of the power of Jesus Christ take place in people's lives Now the next part of the definition if we're talking about a witness in a court of law It changes just a little bit a witness in a court of law Doesn't just see something happen a witness in the court of law is a person who witnesses something happen but makes a statement in court About what he or she knows and it becomes a legal document in the courts A paper document So what they witnessed That's invisible Is now written down and is visible And there's a lot of us who have been a witness And we've actually took it farther than we've seen it We've actually been a witness in a court of law and we've testified about it and the problem is we're testifying on behalf of the wrong party. Now, listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says you are going to have to give an account for every idle word that comes out of your mouth. Ask for forgiveness. Go ahead and say, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> God, forgive me. Because, man, I, in my lifetime, I've said some stuff that would not just be considered idle, But go the far other direction and the problem is We're still doing it today Even in the church house we're testifying In god's court That he says you're gonna have to give an account for every word that you say And people walk in and we're testifying about what the devil is doing They are the drunkard Come on now she's the one who's sleeping around. You know, she's a whore. Yeah, I said it in church. It's okay. Because we say it. We say it under our breath. We say it on the drive home. Oh, you know him? He's the one. He slept around like five times and his wife still doesn't know. Come Come on. You know, they're really on drugs. That's why they're crazy. We say these things. We come into church and we say these things. And we're testifying in God's court that's being written down because you're going to have to give an account for every idle word that you say. You're testifying in God's court and it's being written down about what the devil's done and you are being a witness to the victims and their victimized state. And so we say, they're the drunkard. They're the alcoholic. They're the ones with the crippling disease. She's the one with... Cancer. He's the one that's got AIDS. They're the one, they're the couple that's swingers. Come on, real talk. Some of you are visiting here today. Welcome to the Way Bible Church. <laughs> real talk. It happens. I mean, I just sense the shock and awe on y'all's face about some of the things that I'm saying. They're the ones that are depressed. You know, she goes to the doctor all the time. She's got to have that depression medicine. He's got to have that depression medicine. Well, you would too if you were married to that person. <laughs> Come on. Don't. Y'all know. And we are testifying to the work of the devil in church day in, day out, All day long, all night long, in the body of Christ, we're witness, we see people with all these issues, and then we don't just see it and pray about it, we see it and we testify about it on behalf of the wrong party. When Jesus sees somebody walk in the room, he doesn't see the cripple, he sees the man that's about to walk. (laughs) Come on now. When Jesus sees somebody come in the room, he doesn't see the man bound by alcoholism and addiction. He says, I see the man that's about to be set free. Get him to come to me. When Jesus sees the prostitute walk in the room, when Jesus sees the prostitute walking in the room, he doesn't see the woman who's slept around with so many people trying to find uh, um, build her, her self-esteem and get encouraged from uh, alternative means. He sees a woman walk in that says, I see a girl who's been abused, who's been neglected, who's been struggling through life, who's tried to find approval in all the wrong places. I'm fixing to touch her with the heart of the Father and let her know that the blood of Jesus has already approved her so she can come before God's throne and get the love that she needs. See that's how jesus sees it and we need to begin to testify on behalf of jesus christ and his power So people can become evidence not on behalf of the enemy who's got people bound and crippled and and can't do anything And here's the problem When the power of god does move Mitch when the power of god does fall And the person gets up and they walk out of here without their cane that was like left here a couple weeks ago Oh, that's the person who used to be crippled Are you kidding me? Why can't you just say that's the person who was touched by the power of God and their life is changed forevermore? Come on now. Why do we label the victims? We've got to quit labeling victims. We've got to quit labeling them because if they're a victim, they got a name. And if they got a name, Jesus died for them. And if Jesus died for them then and paid the price for them then, should not they be set free now, today, because of what Christ has already done for them then? Amen. Amen. We need to quit labelizing, quit labeling people with their victim state even after they've been healed, born again, and set free. Some of you have had testimonies. And it's taken you years to outlive your past lifestyle. Don't you get sick of that crap? Yeah, I said that in church too. Don't you get sick of that? And you look at yourself and say, cannot people see me for who I am today and what Christ has done to me now? And you get tired of being called the one who's been divorced or the one who cheated or the one who did that or the one who was on drugs or they used to be the alcoholic. Quit labeling the victims, especially when they're not victims anymore. If we do not quit testifying on behalf of the enemy, we'll never see kingdom expansion. Today is the day it changes. Today is the day we make a difference. And some of you are even questioning, does God still do miracles today? And I'm telling you, yes. Jesus Christ, the Bible says, is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Jesus Christ still saves, heals, delivers, sets free, pulls victims out of victimized states, and them in a path of life and having life everlasting in the power of God. Listen, if Jesus does not still do miracles today through us, then the whole Bible is a liar. And we need to get an old another religion. Because here's the thing. It says Christ the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. It goes on to say, I am the Lord your God. I do not change. God is immutable. It means he does not change. If he healed before Jesus came in the Old Testament through prophets, he healed through Jesus Christ in the New Testament by Christ and the apostles. If he did it after Christ's death through the apostles, why would he still not do it now? We need to quit making excuses of why we have not seen the power of God move. And we need to start asking for forgiveness and saying, God, forgive me because we haven't been seeing your power move. And we need to look across the aisle at the person who's bound with something. Depression, who's heartbroken, who's living in unforgiveness and bitterness, who's struggling just to get here, and we just watch them leave the same way they came in. That breaks my heart. And I'll not be a witness to it any longer. I will not be a witness in a court of law to it any longer. I testify about it. I will begin to testify about Jesus Christ and who Jesus Christ is and what Jesus Christ has said about you. And I'm going to watch what Christ said about you overcome what the world has said about you and your victimized state. Because Jesus never called you a victim and Jesus never treated you like a victim. He never did it. And if he didn't call you a victim, he didn't treat you like a victim, why are we still living as a victim? He said you are more than a conqueror. He said you are an overcomer by the blood of the lamb by the word of your testimony And some of you you label yourselves I'm, just not good enough. Why? Well, you know my past. No, I don't (laughs) Quit labeling yourself. You're not a victim You're called to a higher purpose To a higher place. How does this begin to take place? How does this transformational power begin to occur in your life? This is what happens Jesus comes in and he flips the script. Jesus flips everything around. And as Jesus flips the script, the world has seen and you have seen and you have said and you have testified to and you're a witness of the victimized people in this church, in your workplace, and in your family. He flips the script and says, if you'll begin to testify about me, if you'll begin to testify about my power, the same way you always talk about how crippled they are, talk about how healed they are, not what God's about to do, but what God's already done through Christ, we'll start seeing the power of God move. I want to read to you a very common verse of Scripture, but read it in a different light. It's Acts chapter number 1, verse number 8. Now that we begin to understand what a witness is, it's time that we just don't be a witness, but we be an evidence of the power of God. Acts 1-8, and I'm going to read it, and you're going to automatically think your old thought process. And it says, but you will receive power, and you will receive power, and you will receive power, come on, and you will receive power. See, that's not a victim statement. And we struggle with receiving it because we're so used to being a victim. That is not a victim statement. And you will receive power. When the holy spirit comes on you and you will be my witness in jerusalem in all of judea and samaria to the ends of the earth And we always think yes, I would love to see people get born again. He's talking way more than born again He's talking victims being healed Blind being able to see deaf being able to hear mute people being able to talk forgiveness issued people being able to forgive the alcoholic doesn't have to drink anymore. The drug addict don't need pills anymore. The depressed person has joy. <laughs> has joy. I want everybody to close your eyes for a second. We're not in the sermon. It's not an altar call time. But I want you to read it and hear it read in this light. The verse of or Scripture originally reads, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is how God wants it, said with his heart. And when the presence of the Father touches your life, you will be transformed by his power into a new creation. You are the evidence that Jesus will use to testify about his justice in the whole world. When the presence of the father touches you We say yes, Lord let your presence touch us today We say yes, Lord let your presence touch us today Father I want your presence. I want your presence When the presence of the father touches me I'm gonna be different I'm gonna be transformed into a new creation I will be the evidence that Jesus will use to testify about his justice to the whole world. Look at me this morning for a minute. Many of you, you've walked with my family through the past year of our life. From the year 2014, February, to the year 2015, February. Craziest year of Our family's lives. And even a little bit before that, with, with Jeff and Amy and, and his mother in law passing away, and then my dad going through what he went through with the stroke, and then me and my wife and the loss of our child, and then uh, a few months later, in the loss of her dad. And we had the choice at that point. We could have looked and said, Oh, have pity on me, church. Pity us. We've been victims. Of the enemy and the thief and what he's tried to steal from us we've been victims we didn't go that route we said god touch us with your presence touch us with your presence and transform us into a new creation transform us to the point that we become evidence of the power of jesus christ in our family's life that we become the evidence that the world needs to see because people are losing kids left and right, people are losing family members to, to, to ungodly things left and right, to diseases left and right, and let our family be evidence that Jesus Christ can still save, heal, deliver, and the peace of God can come on the worst of situations and transform people for the kingdom and the power and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let it be so with us. Why do I pray like that? Why did our family pray like that? Because here's why. Andy, there's people out there who can't believe. Not that they don't want to believe, but they can't believe. They can't believe. Not that their heart doesn't long to believe and they don't long to see. They can't. Jesus ran into this same situation. Linda, Jesus ran in the same situation when he walked up to his own disciple and his name was Thomas and we refer to him as his victim state of doubting Thomas to this day, which I mean, seriously. He was the disciple who went on to do great things for the kingdom and we still label him as his victimized state. But he couldn't believe. He said, I will not believe unless I put my finger in your hand and I touch the place where the nails pierced it. I will not believe the reason our family prayed to be evidence through the trials that we went through. God didn't bring those trials on us. We live in a fallen, broken world, and crap happens. Okay? We live in it. And it happens to people. And we're not the only ones it's happened to but we will be the ones that stand up and say, God, for the ones who can't believe you during this time, let our family be the physical evidence that they can walk up to and say, Joel's a real person, and he lost a kid just like I did, and I can touch him, and I can attach myself to him, and I can put faith in Jesus Christ because I see physical evidence in his life of how God can transform even the brokenest of hearts. I haven't been through everything. But I've been through stuff, and I know this, that I'm evidence of God's peace. I'm evidence of his peace, and his peace is more than, oh, he's at rest. No, his peace means nothing missing, nothing broken, because that term peace comes from the word shalom, and shalom means nothing missing, nothing broken, And I'm evidence, physical evidence, that God's peace came into a car where me and my wife prayed and transformed our life in the matter of minutes. And I'll never forget that peace, the way it came in. And it still hasn't left. It still hasn't left. It's not like it came and we're better and it left. No, it still hasn't left. We're just as much at peace today as we were then. It didn't come back. And listen, if God can do that in His term, peace means nothing missing, nothing broken. Why are you still praying, God, break me? Why are you praying, God, break me? Because if you're broken, you cannot be a carrier of the Holy Spirit. God doesn't need broken vessels, He needs people that are broken to come into His presence so He can fix them and make them whole to be carriers of the power of God and be not just a witness, but a witness carrying the power of evidence that can change the world that we live in. I want to be a witness that is not broken, but is mended and made whole by the power of Jesus Christ so I can be a carrier of the anointing in his Holy Spirit so I can go to people who are broken and I can say, I know a Jesus. It ain't the Jesus your grandmama told you about. It's a God of power. And it's a God who will heal a broken heart. And I know the greatest tragedy in the body of Christ is we have broken hearts all across this place this morning, but y'all are dadgum good about putting on makeup. We got broken hearts all across this sanctuary, but we try to look good, look prim, look proper, because we're at church. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay this morning to not be okay. I got a Jesus who can fix your not okay. I got a Jesus who can still heal it. And he's going to do it this morning. I want you to become evidence. The Bible has a list of all the things and people and even the demonic spirits that became evidence for Christ. And I'm going to read you some of them this morning. The wine, the wine became evidence for Christ. That'll mess up some of your theology right there. Some of y'all are like, oh Lord, how would. The wine became evidence for Christ, the wine itself was evidence, the water was evidence. When Jesus cured the nobleman's son, his son became evidence. The great hall of fish that came in in Luke 5 became evidence. The unclean spirit that Jesus cast out became evidence that he's Christ. Come on now, that's good. Your lack of cancer becomes evidence that he's Lord. Come on, some of y'all get that. Your lack of depression, that depressed spirit that was on you, that's gone now. He's now evidence and now you're evidence that Jesus Christ is Lord. Come on, that's good. See, he's got evidence, and there's a whole list of them in the Bible. Peter, Peter's mother-in-law, who he walked in the house, and Peter's mother-in-law had fever, and she got healed when the minute Jesus touched her. And she got up and began to wait on the Savior, the Lord. And I, I love bringing that one up because some of y'all are thinking, well, my issue's really not that big. It's okay. Why are you protecting a stupid issue? Why are you protecting it? Why are you protecting the devil in your life? Why are you trying to protect him? And that's that's tough this morning. Because some of you are like, well, my problem is really not that big of a problem. Then you got a bigger problem that you think if you think it's not that big of a problem. Because you're deceived in yourself. And that means you're wanting to protect the ungodliness in you. That becomes a born-again issue. Do I really know Christ? Am I really born again? Because if I'm protecting the ungodliness in me, even the littlest issue God wants to move in your life. He wants to change it. You may be sitting here this morning with with just a sinus issue. Well, it's not as big as the cancer somebody else has in the room. So I'm going to let them get Jesus' touch. Listen, Jesus healed two blind men. I just read it at the beginning of the message. He healed two blind men at the same time. The power of God is great enough to heal every one of us all at the same time, simultaneously, and then him still have left over for you to take out to your friends. Come on. Come on. The power of God is real. He healed the leper the leper became evidence the centurion servant became evidence the widow's son that was raised from the dead became evidence. The storm that he stilled became evidence. The two demonics that he healed became evidence. The paralytic became evidence. The ruler's daughter that was raised from the dead became evidence. The woman with the issue of blood became evidence. The man, the two men with blind eyes became evidence. The man who couldn't speak and his tongue was loose became evidence. The invalid man at the pool of Bethsaida became evidence. The man with the withered of their hand became evidence. The demon-possessed man became evidence. The 5,000 people plus women and children that ate the bread and the fish became evidence. The woman at Canaan who was healed there became evidence evidence. The deaf man and the mute man became evidence. The 4,000 people that Jesus fed became evidence. The man with blind eyes became evidence. The boy who was plagued by demonic spirits became evidence. The man born blind became evidence. The woman who was afflicted for 18 years, 18 long years became evidence. Come you've been dealing with stuff so long. This woman had an 18-year issue that Jesus said, you're evidence of my power that can work in your life. The man with dropsy became evidence. The, man, the ten lepers became evidence. Raz, Lazarus, when he raised him from the dead, became evidence. The, men with, the, the two blind men became evidence. The withered tree became evidence. The priest's servant became evidence. Jesus, the, 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 Jesus rising from the dead himself became evidence. And Jesus, after he rose again from the dead, and the second great hall of fish that they brought in, they all became evidence of the power of God. And my question for you this morning is, why not you? Why not you? Why don't you want to become evidence? Oh, being evidence is fun. Because now I'm more than a witness. Now I'm so much more than a witness. Because a witness can testify. A witness can say, I saw the preacher up on stage say two words that begin with the letter C that I've never heard in church before, and you witnessed it. But you walk in a whole other power when you walk in the power of evidence. Because now you don't only testify about what he can do, you testify about what he does in you Amen. and how your life has ever changed. This morning, I want to leave you with this. And we're about to worship. I mean, we're about to spend the next 30 minutes in worship and pour out, the heart, pour out our hearts before God. And God's going to make you evidence. Not some of you evidence. I'm praying all of you become evidence in some way. I'm praying all of you become evidence in some way. And here's what I want to tell you. When the presence of the Father touches you, you will be transformed into a new creation. You will be His evidence and testify to the whole world that Jesus Christ brings justice to the world.